This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Welcome to Episode 43 of the Recorded Future podcast. Thanks for joining us. You'd have to be living under a virtual rock to not have noticed that virtual currencies like Bitcoin have taken off, attracting investors, speculators, and of course, criminals, all looking to profit from the enthusiasm surrounding these cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin has been the gold standard in online currency exchange for bad guys, but its surging popularity has led to recent slowdowns in transaction processing speed and increased transaction fees. And that has prompted criminals to start looking elsewhere to other virtual currencies like Dash, Monero, and Litecoin. Andrei Borisovich is Recorded Futures Director of Advanced Collection, and he's the co-author of a recent blog post titled Litecoin Emerges as the Next Dominant Dark Web Currency. He'll take us through the research from Recorded Futures' Insect Group, explaining what factors cause groups of online fraudsters to switch from one cryptocurrency to another. Stay with us. So beginning of, uh, I would say, maybe November of last year, we began noticing that more and more criminals started to discuss potential switch to other alternative currencies. And the main reason being was uh, Bitcoin became super expensive and it was incredibly slow. Meaning that, uh, as you're pretty much aware, whenever you initiate or anyone initiates a transaction on Bitcoin network, uh, whoever pays the biggest commission first in the queue and Bitcoin network can only process as many transactions per second. And uh, the number is fairly small. I think it's less, it's probably like maybe even a thousand times slower and uh, than, than let's say Visa uh, network can process. So whoever was increasing uh, a transaction processing fees would get their transactions processed quickly. And whoever was sticking with uh, standard recommended fees uh, would have to wait. And at first, the wait would, would be, I would say, maybe an hour, sometimes two hours. But as we got closer to the new year, the wait could be some, could have been sometimes for six, seven, eight, sometimes 12 hours. Hmm. Uh, in one case, we were actually making a transaction on Bitcoin network, and we had to wait almost 24 hours to get our transaction processed and confirmed. Same as uh, us, criminals also were incredibly getting incredibly dissatisfied with the quality and the performance of Bitcoin. And I would say that that was the major reason why cyber criminals, hackers, fraudsters decided or at least wanted to have an option to use other currencies, not because Bitcoin was uh, transparent or, or because Bitcoin was fairly easy to track. No, the main reason was it was not convenient to them. They would make a payment uh, for uh, any type of service or goods, and then they would have to wait a long time until that transaction gets processed. And every vendor basically have to uh, wait until several confirmations uh, would be on, uh, added to the transaction. And then once we started to observe, you know, discussions in criminal forums, we noticed that for the most part, people were voting or at least voicing their opinion, saying that 
well, we should probably switch to Dash because Dash, as well as Monero, actually, Dash and Monero both offer incredible security, right? They're not transferring payment system as Bitcoin is. Hmm. Uh, they are not expensive, so it's very easy to make payments on those. And we were fully convinced that, you know, once we start doing research, uh, we'll we'll see Monero being introduced uh, everywhere and then Dash. There was no way for us to actually automatically go to all of the marketplaces and forums and and vendors and, and e-commerce, I mean, not e-commerce, dark web e-commerce stores, and see which currency has been added as a secondary and alternative currency. So we actually had to go and manually register accounts on all of the marketplaces and then go to um, finance section and then literally see which options are currently available. And it took us, I would say, easily maybe a week to compile the data. And when we analyzed data, it was right away, it was evident that neither Monero nor Dash is the first currency. Uh, Litecoin was by far the, the most popular and the most widely uh, implemented currency. So let's talk about Litecoin. Can you describe to me what is Litecoin and how does it work? So Litecoin is essentially is a carbon copy of uh, Bitcoin. It uses uh, an identical uh, protocol. However, the difference between Litecoin is if for Bitcoin you can mine 23 million coins or uh, anyone, I mean, in general, there could be only 23 million uh, Bitcoins mined over the time. With Litecoin, that the, the number is much bigger and the complexity uh, levels to mine a single uh, Litecoin is, is much less than a Bitcoin. Transaction speed is quicker than, than, than Bitcoin. So by all means uh, and by all measures, Litecoin is more convenient than Bitcoin. It's, it, I would say, I would actually call Litecoin an improved version of Bitcoin. Can we dig in a little bit to um, some of the under the hood things that make Bitcoin slow down? I, mean, I see a lot of reports that even even in terms of the amount of electricity that it uses, that uh, you know Bitcoin might be uh, sort of collapsing on itself. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily. I'm, I'm, the, the the amount of electricity which is needed to generate Bitcoins and to sustain the network has nothing to do with the speed of transactions. Okay. Uh, the uh, the the only two things which uh, uh, really make difference uh, how quickly transactions are processed is the number of transactions and uh, the commission cost. So as we saw more and more people joining Bitcoin network last year, this is where the choke point has been created. More people were sending Bitcoins. The network was not prepared to process all these transactions quickly. Uh, the commission fees were small, therefore there was a there was a huge delay in processing those transactions. I see. So if we look through your dark web poll results, um, you had um, uh, Monero had twenty one, oh, about almost twenty two percent of the poll uh, results, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Dash, um, Ether um, was in there uh, at around twenty percent. Um, Litecoin was around 15 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's pointing you to the fact that Litecoin is going to be the one that you think is going to uh, dominate soon? I would say adoption rate. Uh, the poll results were taken uh, based on and calculated based on what regular members of Underground were voting for. But in reality, uh, the only people who make 
any decisions are vendors. Uh, only vendors can decide which currency will be accepted next. So uh, regular members can come up with any ideas they want, but only vendors will decide which currencies will be accepted as a payment uh, as a payment method on their marketplaces. And you don't see Bitcoin going away anytime soon either. No, no, no. It, it won't go away. Bitcoin is a gold, uh, golden standard of cryptocurrency. A lot of vendors are still keeping their savings in Bitcoins. The problem of huge fees only applicable and really painful when you try when one tries to send small amounts let's say $20 or maybe $50, even upwards of several hundred dollars, the commission fee is really painful. Uh, sometimes, as we explained in our report, the, the fee could be upwards of 40%. However, once you send more than $1,000, uh, you're still paying the same commission rate, yet uh, in percentages, it's it's not as, as bad. So you might be paying 4%, let's say, if you send a uh, $1,000 payment and you, you have to pay $40 fees, well, you're only actually paying 4%. So it's not as bad. It was interesting in your report, uh, there was a quote uh, that, that you all included where um, one active forum member said, as a rule, whatever is used by the drug dealers will become the mainstream currency, and they've been actively switching to Dash. There are not so many carters as there are junkies. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's actually a great quote, and we, I would say, and confirm that that's exactly the case. If we look at, let's say, now defunct Alphabet Marketplace, uh, they've had more than one million people registered on Alphabet. Half of those who are dealing in drugs, either buying or selling. And if we look at the largest carding marketplace or carding uh, hacking forum, let's say, there are only tens of thousands of active members. Looking at uh, some of the preferences between, say, English-speaking dark web members and those from Eastern European countries, what differences are you seeing there? Uh, the biggest difference is how uh, cryptocurrency is perceived by both groups. For example, the most critical element for English-speaking users is safety and security. English-speaking users, obviously, they reside somewhere uh, in North America or in Europe, uh, for the most part, at least, and they they've seen how many people got arrested and caught through their analysis of Bitcoin transactions. So for them, safety and security is foremost. It's the most important thing they need to look out for. They don't really care about usability. They will go extra mile when they need to obtain, let's say Monero Dash. However, when we speaking about uh, Russian speaking users, so Eastern European criminals, right? They don't really care about safety as much as uh, Western users, because they they live in Russia, they live in Ukraine, Belarus, Kazakhstan. They know that there's a notion which separates them from law enforcement. They know they're not going to get arrested on Russian soil and then get extradited to the U.S. So then they don't really care about security as much, but they do care about usability and flexibility. And since Litecoin was around almost exactly as long as Bitcoin, the infrastructure is in place right now either to buy through Bitcoin ATM machines, there are plenty of uh, mobile applications, mobile wallets, and if we, and especially if we look into vendors, one of the reasons vendors uh, are more actively adding Litecoins is because uh, because they tend to keep their savings on offline wallets such as Trezor and uh, uh, some other famous uh, and popular uh, wallets. 
So none of these wallets actually support uh, Monero. So they, they do support Litecoins, but they don't support Monero. So for that, and as you're probably aware, uh, law enforcement, for example, recently had seized servers of one of the most popular exchanger, currency exchanger called BTCE. And uh, a lot of criminals lost upwards of millions of dollars because they kept their savings on the exchanger online. So no one trusts online exchangers anymore. They could get hacked, they could get uh, seized by the law enforcement. So they prefer to keep savings on offline wallets and offline wallets rarely support Monero. Can you explain to us, sort of contrast the difference between uh, some of uh, things like Bitcoin where the ledger is out in the open and some of the other ones where it's more private? Right. So in uh, with Monero, uh, for example, when, or let's say, let's start with the Bitcoin. If I send you money and then you send it to your friend and that friend sends it to uh, to somebody else, anyone can actually go on the internet type in uh, my or yours or your friend's uh, Bitcoin wallet, and I'll be able or he'll be able to see every single transaction which had ever occurred either on your wallet or on my wallet, wherever I created my wallet, when was the first transaction I initiated, how much money it was, how much money I currently hold in my account. And it basically he can analyze every bit of information they can, they can see, you see where you were sending the money, right? And then how much money you have on your wallet. And the, the option is not available on Monero. Monero is, is, I would say, Bitcoin on steroids. It does not allow anyone to track any payments. So not only you're unable to see how much money is on the wallet, but you won't, no, nobody's able to actually see uh, where payments were sent and how far it actually went and, and uh, what's the status of the transaction. That's one of the reasons why uh, North Korean uh, gang, which uh, uh, infected uh, with ransomware half of the Europe and Russia and China uh, last year, once they moved Bitcoins into Monero, that's it. The trail was lost. No one knew what had happened next to the money. In terms of the takeaways from this, for people who are keeping an eye on this uh, in terms of threat intelligence, uh, what should they take away from the report? Uh, it's not so much that the landscape is changing. Uh, our goal was to actually making sure that people are aware that Bitcoin is not the only currency out there which is being actively used by criminals. Uh, we still emphasize in that Despite that Litecoin is the most actively used and accepted uh, cryptocurrency at the moment after Bitcoin, Dash, uh, Dash and, and Monero uh, are also accepted. And it's going to get harder every day to track transactions like that, especially for the law enforcement, because a lot of tools which have been developed in the past years to actually track Bitcoin transactions are unable, they are incapable of tracking Monero, Dash, or some other currencies. So there will be a gap uh, until companies like, for example, Chainalysis will come up with ideas and methods how to track other currencies. For a good while, there will be a gap in intelligence, especially for law enforcement, where they won't be able to attribute uh, account holders or even to see how much money a certain individual might be dealing in. Our thanks to Andrei Borisovich for once again joining us. You can read the complete report, Litecoin Emerges as the Next Dominant Dark Web Currency, on the Recorded Future website. It's in the blog section. 
Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Futures Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast team includes coordinating producer Amanda McKeown, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by Pratt Street Media with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.